This podcast is produced by EnergeticCity.ca, your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To support local news and this podcast, go to EnergeticCity.ca slash join to find out more. Next year, the Canadian dollar is lower this morning with the loonie at 78.8 US cents compared to Thursday's close of 79.03. There are reports out of China stating that 20 soybean crushing plants have shut down. Apparently, this is to comply with the Chinese government's attempts to curb power use. Brazil is suspending its tariff on corn imports for the rest of 2021 due to a sharp drop in this year's harvest. Rounding off prices at the Chicago Board of Trade, soybean futures are slightly lower on Friday morning. The November contract is down a penny at 12.83 per bushel. December soy oil gains almost four tenths of a cent at 57.41 U.S. cents per pound. December soy meal eases back a dollar at 3.39.20 per short ton. Corn futures are lower on Friday, with the December contract losing three and a half cents at 5.26 per bushel. Chicago oats are lower, with the December contract down eight cents at five seventy-two. Wheat futures are mixed on Friday. Chicago December gains three cents at seven twenty-one. Kansas City December is down a quarter cent at seven twenty, and Minneapolis December is up two cents at nine thirteen. That's a look at the ice futures and the Chicago markets for Friday morning, September twenty-fourth, at Markets Farm in Winnipeg. I'm Glenn Halleck. When it comes to baling, the denser, the better. Butler Farm Equipment in Fort St. John can show you how roll belt round balers produce denser and higher quality round bales that drive down your production costs while driving up the nutrition of your bales. A competitive comparison showed that New Holland roll belt round balers provide savings in net wrap, transportation, and lower storage losses. It's like being able to afford a new baler every other year. Stop by Butler Farm Equipment in Fort St. John soon to learn firsthand about the benefits of roll belt round balers the opinions expressed during this show do not represent those of this station if you've missed any of this show you can follow the podcast at energeticcity.ca now an in-depth look at the news and information shaping our community this is moose talks with your host doug craig on moose fm Welcome to another edition of the show. A little later on, we're going to be speaking with John Goslin with the Seniors Task Force. Uh, he's going to join us to chat about the Seniors Reunite events that they've planned to encourage seniors to reconnect with the community and what they've planned for the future beyond the pandemic. But first, Northeast BC is facing a chronic shortage, or rather was facing a chronic shortage of nurses, doctors, and other healthcare professionals before COVID cases started to skyrocket again. And now patients are being medevaced to other parts of the province in order to receive treatment. To discuss the crisis facing the healthcare system here in the Northeast, we're joined now by BC's Minister of Health, Adrian Dix. Minister, welcome to Moose Talks. Good morning, Deb. How, how are things? I'm doing very well, thank you, and I'm very grateful you took a few minutes to chat with us today about this very important uh, subject. 
It's it's great to be on the show. Excellent. So let's uh, dive right in. COVID nineteen's have been uh, patients are being medevaced to other parts of the province, and we're still, as I said, facing a chronic shortage of healthcare professionals here in the Northeast. Uh, you've been meeting with Dan Davies, our MLA. You've met with Mike Bernier, the South Peace MLA, as well. Um, you guys seem to be formulating a plan. Do you have a plan yet to deal kind of with that in the short term and the long term as the pandemic continues? Well, the plan has been taking shape over weeks to deal with the problem, right? But this is triage, right? We've created 15 critical care beds in the south for northern health so that we're able to relieve some of the pressure on critical care, both in Prince George particularly, but also in other communities such as Fort St. John and Dawson Creek and Smithers, for example, where we have high rates of COVID-19, and that's important. We dramatically added in supporting contact tracing in the north through the BC Centre for Disease Control supporting efforts in the north. Last week, we announced significant new resources for attention and recruitment of health professionals. That's a long-term view. But what we've been talking about with uh, Dan and with Mike and with Mayor Ackerman and Mayor Bumstead and others, leaders in the region, is how we get vaccination rates up. We have in B.C. today, uh, or as of yesterday, I should say, 148 people in critical care, 148. And 132 of those are unvaccinated. You're 60 times more likely to be hospitalized if you're unvaccinated than if you're fully vaccinated, which is, I think, astonishing. And uh, so at this time, there is a path forward. Right now, we can take these steps to help people. And the people who are, get sick with COVID-19, unvaccinated or no, are getting the best health care in the world. And our health care workers are fully working full out to give that. But they would be rather doing other things. It has consequences when this happens. And what we need to do, there is a path, there is a light, there is a direction. And that's increasing vaccinations in the north. In the northern, in the northeast region of the north, there's about a 64, 63, 64% rate of first dose vaccination and 52, 53% second dose vaccination. It's different in different communities. The British Columbia average is 87%. And we simply have to raise vaccination rates. That's the path forward. That's the path that will allow healthcare workers to move beyond this and get back to dealing with all the other health uh, things that are being put off as we're dealing with patients with COVID-19. So my encouragement is get vaccinated. This is important in Fort St. John. We've increased vaccination rates. We're about 68%, 69% now, but they need to be way higher. And that, that is the path forward to help yourself, to protect yourself, to protect your community. And if someone's telling you not to get vaccinated, what they're telling you is they don't really care that much about your health. And what I'm telling you is we're going to provide you with the best care in the world. But when you're sick with COVID-19, in a critical care unit, in an ICU, you are unbelievably ill, and it has consequences for you, the risk of death, but the risk of serious uh, long-term effects as well. And so the way to deal with that is to get vaccinated, and that's what we're really encouraging everyone to do. That's what Dan Davies and I are working on. That's what we're working on with Mike Bernier and Mayor Ackerman and Mayor Bumstead and others across the north is to increase vaccination rates because that is a, a path forward that will make all of us safer.
Now, I have to ask this. Uh, we, I want to talk about vaccine uh, rates more in just a second. But first, um, I read something yesterday uh, out of Alberta where the situation is far worse than it is here. Uh, but ICU beds are becoming available in Alberta right now only because people are passing away and making those ICU beds available. Um, surely something that's very hard to read and hard to listen to when I say it. Um, how concerned are you about the situation here uh, turning into something like that where our capacity just gets overwhelmed in the north and then it starts overwhelming other parts of the province? Well, that's the purpose of the action we're taking, right? With the decision to um, to move patients. And so far, 15 critical care patients have been moved from the north mm-hmm. to either Vancouver Island Health, Vancouver Coastal Health, or Fraser Health. The reason we've created these units is to relieve pressure to use our whole healthcare system for the lower mainland to help the north, just as the north helps the lower mainland on many things, right? So this is what we do when we're together as a province. We have approximately 510 uh, critical care beds in our province, approximately 510 base critical care beds, and we have another 220 surge beds. At present, about 465 of our critical care base beds are full, so we have a number of, we have some bed capacity, and only a small number of our surge beds, 20 beds, are being used right now. But that said, this is different in different places. So at Fort St. John Hospital, our overall capacity is 114% of our base bed capacity. In Dawson Creek, it's about 115% today. And so what we're doing is using the whole healthcare system to, um, to support that and to relieve some of the pressure there. But this is not ideal. Talking about people largely unvaccinated with COVID-19 in critical care, having to be flown from here, in some cases to Vancouver Island or to Fraser Health or to Vancouver Coastal Health and get care for there. But all that cost and all that demand, it means that other procedures can't go ahead. It means that we are, of course, deferring some procedures in, the, in Metro Vancouver and in Vancouver Island, needed surgeries for people because of this. So there is a response here, and I come back to it. I know yes, uh, you know, critical care, but that's the demand right now. But the, the, what that says is we need to get more highly vaccinated because it's that group that is vulnerable to being in critical care, to getting sick, to filling those hospital beds and to forcing us to defer other procedures. And uh, we're not singling people out. They get all get, everyone gets the care, right? So everyone gets the care. Uh, and we don't judge when people uh, make a mistake in their cars and they get injured. They come in and we give them care. We give them care. There's no discrimination for care. But, um, but it is frustrating to be medevacking people who are unvaccinated when the vaccination is available and free. And so what I'm saying to people is take advantage of that and get vaccinated for yourselves, your family, your children, your grandparents, all the people you love and your whole community and those healthcare workers who are working so hard at Fort St. John Hospital and in, in Dawson Creek. Uh, you mentioned uh, the vaccine, so I want to turn to that now, uh, of course. Um, there seems to be a lots of vaccine hesitancy here. Uh, there's been protests, um, comment threads in local Facebook groups around here are rank with misinformation being spread by people who uh, are afraid, by people who um, hear these things and believe them. Um, how are you combating that misinformation um, uh, campaign that seems to be happening and, and helping people to understand that they need this vaccine 
in a way that maybe is different than it was earlier in the pandemic because we seem to be plateauing. Some more people are getting vaccinated now, but uh, doesn't seem to be fast enough. What, what are you doing to what are some of the tools you're hoping to employ to help people understand they need these vaccines and it has to happen? So since we brought in the BC vaccine card uh, and we announced it a, few, a number of weeks ago in August, you'll remember, uh, vaccinations have increased. First dose vaccinations have increased. And then they've increased more in the north, more in Fort St. John, for example, than almost any other community in BC in that time. Now, we were starting from a lower base, right? So at that time, uh, at that time, about 60% of people in Fort St. John had received their first dose of immunization. It's now more than 68, which is a lot of progress. Across BC, it was 83 at that time. Now it's uh, between 87 and 88. So we're going up higher in Fort St. John, but we just need to do better. So the vaccine card, which shows people there are things you're going to be able to do uh, that other people can't do because uh, we want safe environments for people and we want to stop the transmission, you can have the BC vaccine card. And it's had more effects on vaccination in Fort St. John. I know there are critics than anywhere else. So that's one. Two, it's telling people uh, the facts about COVID-19. 148 people in critical care, only eight of them, eight are fully vaccinated with COVID-19. Only eight of 148. Your likelihood of getting sick and being in hospital 60 times more. And so, and you see the healthcare workers we have in our system, maybe whatever your view on COVID-19 might be and on vaccinations might be, the consequences for your neighbors, for your friends, for people who, who uh, need health care are real and for health care workers. So this is the thing to do now. It makes you safer, makes your community safer and helps us get through this. And everyone wants to get beyond this. But there is one path to do that. And that path is getting vaccinated. And that's why as a community and everyone else, we need to encourage everyone to get vaccinated. And really what people who are saying when they say when they're trying to stop vaccination, when they're protesting against vaccination is um, whatever their views are for themselves are saying to you and to everyone who receives that message when you receive misinformation, they're saying they don't care about your health. Well, you should care about your health. I care about your health. Dan Davies cares about your health. Mayor Ackerman cares about your health. And we're saying get vaccinated, getting this free vaccination, which has proven to be one of the most effective vaccinations in human history uh, against a disease and, uh, and get it today. Are you considering, you and the public health officer, considering circuit breaker restrictions in the future for the piece to get a handle on things? Is that something you've discussed or uh, something you're perhaps thinking about doing? There's a province-wide mass mandate now, right, in place right now. There are measures in the north around gatherings, limiting the number of gatherings because it's in social settings where we see COVID-19 spread the most. And so those measures, we have measures in place, particularly for the whole Northern Health Authority. Because, well, Fort St. John sees a high level of transmission, so is Smithers, right? It's not just Fort St. John, so is Smithers, so is Vanderhoof, so are other communities. But, you know, I think there's evidence in the North that we can raise these levels of vaccination. Kitimat, which in many ways is not a different town than Fort St. John. Right. It's it's involved and very significantly involved in the LNG Canada proposal, the big employers, Rio Tinto, Alcan. The vaccination rate in, in Kitimat is 95 percent. Vaccination rate in Prince Rupert is 85 percent. The vaccination rate in, in central Prince George is 86 percent. The vaccination rate in Fort St. John is 68. And we can do this together and we need to encourage people. And sometimes I think, you know, uh, this uh, virus hurt other health authorities more at one point. Remember, you saw all the images and the challenges that we had in Surrey 
where there's 90% vaccination now. And in some communities in the north, it didn't affect as much for a while. So people didn't see it maybe as as serious a threat as it is. But it's a serious one. And um, there's an opportunity to get vaccinated now and to make a real difference. And that's the key question. It's for your health. It's for your community. It allows you to do things you wouldn't otherwise do. And it allows us to get beyond this as a community. And it's going to be a hard, hard four weeks for healthcare in the north, particularly in the peace, because it takes a while when transmission is happening to reduce transmission. So circuit breaker measures, we have measures in place, but there are two key things people need to remember. Use the BC vaccine card, use the mask mandate in indoor public places and get vaccinated. And, and in addition to that, oh yeah, get vaccinated. Yeah, one final thing for you, Minister. Um, the pa- vaccine passports, which you mentioned, um, we've seen and heard stories about uh, verbal abuse and other issues that are coming up when uh, people stand up to uh, others who are trying to enter their business without a vas- uh, without showing a vaccine passport. I'm wondering if you and the government, uh, what you've considered in order to support businesses like restaurants who are kind of at the front line of dealing with this issue, uh, at often with low-wage workers or minimum wage workers who are having to stand up to people and say, you need your passport or I can't let you in. Uh, have you given consideration for financial or, or other types of support to help these sort of situations? Well, there there is support and enforcement. And one of the things that Mayor Ackerman raised with me and members of the Fort St. John Council raised with me is the need for more support and more enforcement. And we're absolutely looking at that. But look, these are public health orders. It's a pandemic. This is the law. And I just want to remind people that the, the purpose of the vaccine passport, its intent, and it's in fact what it does, is allows businesses to stay open, right? It allows people to come together in a way they couldn't otherwise do if the unvaccinated people were there. Um, it allows businesses to open. It's enabling. It gives us more freedom and more liberty. It doesn't give us less. Um, and, you know, these are social settings where COVID-19 can spread, and that's the purpose of it to allow us to have people in the stands at hockey games and to allow people to sit down in restaurants and allow certain sort of indoor fitness activities to occur, to allow us to have theater and cultural performances and people in movie theaters. It's, this is about enabling and giving people the freedom to do these things in a very difficult time when there's a very high rate of transmission. The rate of transmission in Northern Health is currently six times what it is in Vancouver Coastal Health. You're unvaccinated, you're at risk to yourself, and you're at risk, a risk to others. And that's why we have the vaccine passport. And, yes, we're looking, we're trying to do everything we can to support business. But this is it's simply uh, the law. A provincial health order is simply the law. You need your vaccine card to do these things. And, you know, um, that when people are uh, arguing that they won't get vaccinated, and that um, that they are defending their choice. Well, we don't have a system in Canada where you have to be vaccinated. But we have re- responsibilities in society, too. We have responsibilities to one another. And we have a situation right now is we have a pandemic that's a pandemic of the unvaccinated. People who are campaigning for that do not care about your health. Well, whatever they think and whatever they want to argue for, you should care about your health. And your family should care about your health. And that means get vaccinated and support businesses that are following the law and keeping their the pe- their patrons protected. And I think we have to do that. And as a government, we're going to support those businesses as well. All right, Minister Dix, I really appreciate you taking some time to chat with us today. 
Hey, thank you so much, and best to everyone in Fort St. John. And uh, remember one thing I want to leave you with. Get vaccinated. All right, that's uh, Minister of Health, BC Minister of Health, Adrian Dix, joining us on Moose Talks. We'll be right back to talk to John Gosselin about the Seniors Reconnect uh, and Reunite uh, events coming up in just a few minutes. If you feel like you're drowning in debt, just know you aren't alone. The licensed insolvency trustees at Beverly and Associates have helped over 10,000 people in northern BC put debt behind them for good. They proudly live in the north and have been helping the area for over 25 years. Consultations are always free, whether it's over the phone or in person. A fresh financial start is closer than you think. Visit DebtHelpBC.com for more information. We are Beverly and Associates and we can help. Jandell Homes is currently accepting all offers. You know, the type of crazy offers you get from opportunists when you list something on Kijiji. We're saying yes to those because we are ridiculously overstocked. All our new Jandell Homes, including show homes, need to go, like right now. So, come out today and make us an offer. You may be flabbergasted when we say yes. Once again, Jandell Homes is blowing out all homes, including show homes. Make us an offer today. You might just brag about it for the rest of your life. Are you unemployed, working part-time, or in a low-wage job? The Pathways to Employment program offers individualized training plans, job search supports, and employer incentives for employment. The next cohort runs September 13th to December 3rd. To schedule your interview or get more information, call Employment Connections at 250-787-0024. This program is funded by the Government of Canada through the Canada-British Columbia Workforce Development Agreement. Big money, big money. The Neat Bingo Extravaganza is on Tuesday, September 28th at 7 p.m. On the Lime card, you could win up to 250 with any one line, 500 with the large diamond, 750 with the picture frame, and a blackout jackpot of $1,500. Bingo cards are $5 each and available at Fireweed Market, Gateway SO, Taylor Inn Liquor Store, and at Neat.ca. The Neat Bingo Extravaganza, Tuesday, September 28th at 7 p.m. 7 p.m. BC Gaming Event License Number 129127. Know your limit, play within it. 19 plus. Please note the bingo is only available on Facebook at Moose FM and at Energetic City. Their storefront just keeps getting bigger. The grilling division at Armor Lubricants is now at its own location at Grill Pros and Outdoor Living. So the Armor Lubricants showroom has expanded to include bolts and fasteners, brass fittings and adapters, hose and hydraulic fittings, pressure washers, air compressors, generators, water pumps, slings and lifting rigging, and more. Armor Lubricants, where they take service seriously. Locally owned and operated on Alaska Highway. Visit armorlubricants.com. Watch this show live on Facebook or download the podcast at energeticcity.ca. Welcome back to the show. I'm Dub Craig. Now we're going to talk a bit about the Seniors Task Force and what they've got planned to help reconnect seniors in the community with a member of that task force who's helping to organize the events. John Gosselin joins us now on Moose, uh, uh, Moose Talks. Thanks for being here, John. Yeah, no problem. Thank you very much for reaching out and asking me to come on here and talk a little bit. I'm always happy to have you on, and I know you're in the middle of your workday, so I especially uh, I'm grateful that you took some time. Uh, so why don't we start first with the Seniors Task Force? This was convened, I believe, at the end of last year. Uh, can you tell us a bit about what kind of your, your mandate was? Well, when we first started, the uh, the only real goal was to help seniors get through the pandemic when they were locked up and P- 
people weren't able to visit them. Um, the city and various groups and organizations were concerned with their well-being and how things were going to go. So we, a bunch of us all banded together and we had some meetings and discussed what each individual organization's roles were going to be. And we made sure that things were, you know, that seniors had the help and the consideration and things like that, whether it was, you know, getting groceries or doing deliveries or whatever it might be, or just simple phone calls to make sure everything's okay. So that was the original, uh, the whole point of this whole task force at the beginning. Now, I, th- I note that, um, and we kind of talked about this before, there are several kind of groups filling some or all of those yeah. needs uh, kind of before yep. and during and whatnot. Was one of the things to sort of bring everybody together so that maybe you could kind of work together? Not that you're working against each other, but kind of become one sort of, you know, more efficient unit where maybe you can yeah. offer things and, and work together rather than all trying to do the same thing four different ways. Absolutely. Um, that's uh, one of the things that, uh, you know, works really well is when you have teamwork, right? Uh, each of the, our individual groups, we all have our own little mandates that we look after and take care of. But uh, sometimes you just don't know what the other groups might be doing. And uh, quite a long time ago, um, I was talking to one of the other members and uh, her and a community member had wanted to see all the organizations in Fort St. John band together and start working together as a cohesive unit for the betterment of our community. And so this has really helped with that because now we have a dozen, maybe more organizations working together to do various things within the community. And of course the seniors has uh, been the top of the mind mm-hmm. for the last year, just due to the pandemic and uh, things like that. So, it's been great that we've been able to band together and work together and uh, have all our ideas come to one collective table and we can work on making sure things are looked after in that way. So I assume a big logical step for you guys was kind of as the summer was getting on, it was like, okay, people are getting vaccinated. Things are kind of opening up again. Let's get them out in the community and, and, and kind of doing things again. Yeah. You know, um, so Tell us a bit yeah. about how that conversation went. How did you guys decide what was something that seniors would want to do and, 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 and decide kind of how to organize those events specifically? Yeah, so this is something that we had discussed right after we had done our uh, Flowers for Seniors campaign. Um, We had been talking about things that we could do. You know, obviously people love to get gifts, but one of the things that we had thought about was, you know, what is one thing that seniors love most, and that's being able to connect with each other, see each other, do things together. And I think it's not just seniors, I think we all, you know want to live a life where we're with family where we're surrounded by friends and community members and such so of course we had got thinking about different ideas and one of our organizations in the group they created a uh, poll basically of different ideas and we let member uh, people in the community seniors things like that uh, basically vote on what type of things they would like and we went with what they wanted Mm -hmm. and started planning these events through that so yeah and these events are wonderful i see there's one coming up tomorrow actually you're going to the north peace museum 
Uh, for example, there's yep. a night at the movies, um, a dinner and bingo. You're going to do Santa Claus parade and cookie decorating. There's basically something twice a month up until the end of the year uh, planned for the seniors. Yes. Um, you like? Do, are, are people supposed to get registered to kind of participate in the event, or is it drop in? How does that work? So. Um, the reg- it's definitely a registration type uh, events. Um, as you see on all the posters, it gives a phone number, uh, a way to, you know, get in touch with us to let us know. Um, Urban Matters has been the one taking care of the registrations. Um, you can call them if uh, you want to get registered. It definitely is good, so we know um, because we do uh, provide transportation and things like that. So it's good to know who we need to pick up and where they're at, live, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but of course, I mean, I'm pretty sure if you felt like just dropping in, I'm sure that we would have no problems with uh, having you around because that's kind of the whole goal is to get everybody in the community, you know, who is a senior out and about and enjoying time together, and, you know, making friendships and connecting. So. Okay. I'll give out that phone number in just a second for people listening who want to get involved. But yep. I want to quickly ask you before I let you go, John, about the future. Because this mandate that you guys kind of have, you're already kind of planning for what things are going to be like after things are more yep. normal, as we all like to say, going forward. So what's that going to look like? What's kind of your plan for the future of this group you've got? Well, you know, long term, um, it's just, it's going to be a group where all the organizations work together. Um, when we started working on this task force, I talked to a few people in the community, and one of the things that kept being brought up was things kept falling through the cracks because this organization did this and this organization did that, mm-hmm. and you know nobody knew what was going on. Um, there was a lot of miscommunication, things like that. So the Our idea for this group is to put an end to that and give everybody a place to go. So um, if you're on Facebook, go to FSJ Senior Support Network. You can join there. It isn't just for seniors to join. It's actually for everyone in the community to join. They can see what all the events we're going to be doing and things like that. So, for example, we did the flowers thing last spring, and we're going to be doing that again next spring. And... Instead of it just being delivering flowers to seniors' homes, we're hoping to, you know, once the pandemic is over and people are able to be all gathered together again, because that will happen, and we're going to do a big community event with barbecues and all sorts of things. So we're really looking forward to being able to get all the organizations on the same page, doing the same thing, working together and having, you know, a collective voices in our community that are pushing forward for the same kind of thing and making our community just a better place for everyone to live. Absolutely. Well, if you want more information about these senior re, Seniors Reunite uh, micro events uh, coming up, again, there's uh, two in October, two in November, two in December. Uh, you can contact Savannah. That phone number is 250-785-9697. John, thank you very much yeah, for so, taking a few... Oh, go ahead. Sorry, John. Yeah, sorry, I just want to... So Savannah is going to be stepping down from that role, but okay. there is another lady with Urban Matters, uh, Julianne. She's going to be the one taking over for that. So uh, the same number, though. You can just call Urban Matters and talk to her. Perfect. All right, John. Well, I really appreciate you taking some time out of your workday to talk to us today. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Tim.
All right, that's John Goslin with the Seniors Task Force. We'll be right back to wrap things up right after this on Moose Talks. Spectacular spring savings and U.S. cross-border cash for trades at Ford City Chrysler. Huge spring clear-out savings on all new in-stock units. Save by 10, up to $15,000 off MSRP on new in-stock trucks, vans, and SUVs. Financing as low as 0% and payment vacations. Ford City Chrysler wants your vehicle. Whether you're buying or not, they're buying. Stop in for a quote today. Only at Ford City Chrysler. Only in Fort St. John, where customers become family. The North Peace Cultural Society is excited to present Canada's Ballet Jorgen Creations in Isolation on Thursday, September 30th at 7.30 p.m. This show will showcase exciting new works created virtually by these exceptional artists from their homes and communities across Canada. Don't miss Canada's fifth largest ballet company and the nation's only major ballet with a repertoire consisting exclusively of original works. Tickets for Canada's Ballet Jorgen Creations in Isolation on September 30th are available at tickets.npcc.bc.ca. If you're looking for hassle-free internet services, call the Peace Region Internet Society today. With coverage throughout most of the Peace, PRIS can get you connected quickly without the hassle of contracts or bundles. Visit PRIS.ca or call 1-800-768-3311 for more information. Our community first. This is Moose Talks with Dub Craig on Moose FM. Our thanks to our guests, Minister Adrian Hicks and John Goslin, for joining us today. If you missed this show or you'd like to hear it again, you can download the podcast now at energeticcity.ca slash moose talks. The video will also be available shortly to rewatch on the energeticcity.ca Facebook page. That's it for the show today. Trey Lopashinsky is the producer of Moose Talks. I'm Dub Craig. Be well. Join us next Friday at 10 a.m. for another episode of Moose Talks, a weekly talk show about Fort St. John and the North Peace. Energetic Country. 100.1 Moose Like the sun went down just to frame your face Like they played that song just to see you sway Like that old surf shop had you in mind With what you got on making those tan lines Just like the ocean knows we're laying On this beach tonight It's like the sand's been waiting for you to come alive Cause you Summer just like these stars we're under were made for lighting this July sky up, break it down, make for me and you tied up all night long over and over, crash into me and pull me closer, just like this one after another. Don't let go, baby, let this summer just keep on coming in waves, keep coming in waves. Keep coming in waves Wish I could bottle up the taste on your lips That margarita salt water sunburnt sip It's like I feel that sun right next to me Yeah, girl, your touch is a hundred degrees Boardwalks were made for dancing Flip-flops were made to lose life This night was meant to happen Girl, I was made for you like you were made for.
for listening to this energeticcity.ca podcast. Energeticcity.ca is your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To help keep us independent and to support this podcast, go to energeticcity.ca slash join.